The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David is quick time! 15 0 2 2. Lap number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time! It's a 10 1 45. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time the Podcast. We are all back after taking a week off. Uh, we had a lot of snow dumped on us, and I believe everybody was just kind of. Kind of burnt out after digging ourselves out of that whole deal on uh, last Tuesday. So uh, welcome back to another episode. The gang is all here. Uh, let's introduce the guys. Brad Brown, how's it going? Doing well. Can't complain. We've got the, got the All-Stars on Flow Racing right now from down there in Florida. Finally getting back to me, uh, hanging out with you two guys, drinking a, a, a nice pale ale. And uh, can't wait to get the show going. I uh, kind of missed it last week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, on the other end of that, uh, joining us again is Jason Or Jason, uh, we were gone last week, man. Uh, what did you uh, been up to other than digging yourself out of snow? Uh, other than that, um, sitting there and resting, watching TV after digging myself out of snow. So it's uh, you know trying to catch races when I can and um, whatever you know whatever you do in the middle of freaking January. So yeah definitely last week we had blake anderson all lined up uh to join us with the uh give us kind of an all-star preview unfortunately he is a little busy tonight and he cannot uh make the reschedule of, of the show uh he's actually calling the races brad mentioned he has the all-stars on i have it on now too so uh the middle of heat races right now and uh our our, our buddy Terry mccarl has been kind of sucking lately so uh we'll see if that uh-huh. continues <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that was about he's coasted up about hit the wall and they pushed him off and and he's running again so i don't know what what happened but uh yeah tim schaefer's leading heat race number three yeah definitely so uh a lot of had a lot if i could talk once again yes you can tell we, we've taken a week off so uh we're we're back to square one on this podcast thing uh, okay. a lot has happened uh with uh ride announcements and a uh, bunch of paint schemes dropped and uh Let's uh, check in and uh, see what Brad Brown has for the news. What do you guys think of all the paint schemes? There are some pretty sharp ones, but it seems like right now the, the the flavor of the day is a black car with a lot of gray in it. And there's like four cars with they're all black with a lot of gray in them and then an accent of a, a neon orange or something. So they're looking pretty similar. But, I mean, all, three, all of them are sharp. But, uh, geez, let's get a little bit of variety out there. Yeah, out of, out of all the ones that dropped, I I, I like Mercedes, uh, the Jason Johnson racing car. I like that one, and then I really like, really, really like Brad Sweets. I really like Brad Sweets. Um, I just it's different. It's blue. I I like Casey Kane's as well. The yeah, nine car, uh, James McFadden, I guess, is going to be driving it. But uh, you know, um, of the black cars, I really like David Gravel. There's something about that. Uh, neon orange it's in that uh in that car that kind of sets it off but uh i'm a simple man and i like i still like brian brown's it's white with a little bit of black and red in it and it's it's simple it's clean you can see the sponsors every in every angle uh i just i just like that car and that's that's what i'm that's what i, I really love about uh, paint paint schemes or sticker jobs or whatever you want to call them as 
I just like simple. So uh, I'm a pretty vanilla guy. Yeah, Brian's car is always uh, really sharp. Uh, as a photographer, his is really easy to photograph, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I need all the help that I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, Jason Sides' new paint scheme is is I think he borrowed a couple cars from Danny Smith because there's nothing but a white car with a red red number on it, so and a red cage, so. Uh, um, they they uh, got rid of the traditional I don't know what you want to call it the swirly fire sticker that's on it or whatever but uh, yeah but uh, you know paint jobs don't win races so uh, um, but uh, we'll we'll see how this year plays out with all those cars yeah definitely Jason you have a favorite one that you've seen so far I I do like the you know Case Kane racing James McFadden ride I like that just big and bold and. Uh, and simple. I'm not big, you know, I'm glad we're so far out of the uh, swirly fire tribal <laughs> yeah. graphics crap. Yeah. I just, I just like it just boom, you know, uh, just real clear square. And, you know, it's kind of nice too. They're, they're kind of building these things for TV now, you know, kind of having that big, you know, sponsors out there, big yeah. having things out there. And, and uh, that that's probably my favorite of all of them, but you know, uh, there's a lot of good ones. I'm kind of past, you know, we're always, we get, like you were talking about with the schemes, you know, was a couple of years ago, everybody was yellow and then, you know, now everybody's black and gray. And yeah. so it'll change. I, I always like splash of the color in the car. So um, I do like uh, yeah. Corey Larson's blue with a little bit of purple accent. I don't know if I sold completely on the purple accent, but it just adds a little bit more to that car and, it's uh it's it just uh, the blue that they chose i don't even know what it is but that blue is is beautiful and so i, I do like the the eliason car i am yeah, I'm a sucker for purple in cars i'm yeah. kind, I'm kind of digging shots of silver i like that that would yeah. change it up it's all year, right so. i like it so definitely so uh speaking of the news that so we kind of touched on a little bit with james mcfadden he is now a full-time world outlaw driver joining that rookie of the year battle with uh brock Sierfoss, parker price miller and uh aaron reitzel so it's been a long time since we had four legitimate, legitimate, rookie, yeah. legitimate rookies that can put on a good rookie of the year battle. I'm going to call Aaron Reitzel is going to win that, uh, but uh, McFadden's going to start behind the eight ball because he's still down in Australia, and so Casey Kane's going to start uh, driving the nine car uh, that starts a season in the nine car. But uh, um, for some reason, the Outlaws are going to give McFadden 75 points per night. And he's not even in America, and I don't know how you can do that, but he's he's doing it, and the outlaws are doing it, and they're going to give him 75 points. But um, if, if he was here for all the races, it might be a little different story. But uh, I think that uh, Aaron Reitzel is going to take the rookie of the year honors in that uh, in the World Outlaw Tour. I think Bernie Sanders had a little bit in uh, getting McFadden some points there. Everybody needs to get some points. What I'm asking you now is let everybody have some points. Is is it um kind of part of that COVID? You know, I know last year they kind of if you know if you didn't make it if you couldn't race because of COVID or something you got yeah. kind of a hardship. I don't know if it's that or if he's still racing down there in Australia and just can't finish up a season in time. So yeah, I think it's uh, I the uh, the mandatory 14 day quarantine that you have to have when you come into the country now. So I mean, if he came in right now, they race next weekend, don't they? So, mm. yeah. So that should be a hell of a rookie rookie of the year. But, but you know, but Ooh, here's McCarl, the great thing. McCarl just oh. Carson McCarl just got really far sideways right in front of the field and um, three or four cars drilled him and he's going to be done. Looks like uh, um, 
Scotty Steele's going to be might be done, but the other cars just kind of bounced off of it. You know, you know Brad, we're watching the you know, All Stars on in Florida live on Flow Racing. So. so you know, as much as I like you interrupting, you're no Blake Anderson. So uh, <laughs> I, that kid can I, call a race. <laughs> you're like, yeah. whoa, hey. <laughs> yep. I I like the the excitement, but yeah, absolutely. I, people think it's easy, and 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 people get on and criticize certain announcers. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, we get on here and, and I've been, we've been doing this for 30 episodes and I still stutter three quarters of the time. So this is not a, an easy gig and how he can do that and think so quick and, and, and say what he says. It's, it's pretty impressive. Jason has a little bit of experience behind the microphone there. At, it's at tough. Raceway. Yeah. yeah, it it is tough. And you, you know, you can um, watch these guys for a while. I had scored before. So you, you could recognize guys just by paint schemes, colors. It was, you know, instinctive. And then when it came to actually put it out on the microphone, that was tough. And then you got to add color to it and you got to be paying attention to kind of what they're doing. And it takes a lot, a lot of effort. And I, I salute any announcer that can uh, stay with it. So they just showed a slow motion replay of that little crash and, and Corey Lassen drilled Carson McCarl in the right front. And he, kind of jumped up over him hit you can see the wheels spinning and he did a 360 and just continued on so pretty impressive save by Corey eliason yep so uh yeah if, if you're joining us live oh wait you're not because we're a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're, we kind of talked about a little bit about chasing sides you know throwing a uh throwing throwing the danny smith paint scheme together uh, Rico, Rico, Rico Abreu is now part owner of that deal. Uh, came out, I believe earlier this week or late last week that, uh, yeah. him and Jason sides are joining forces. Uh, Rico's had a lot of announcements these past couple of weeks as, uh, he's letting Jack hot and shield drive his, uh, the 24 car for 20 some races, 20, 25 races that have yet yeah. to be determined. Yeah. And he's also jumping behind the wheel of not the Paul Silva 57, but a 57 that's wrenched by Paul Silva. Oh really? Is that the way the arrangement? Yeah, it, it's so. It, so it's Rico's car, but it's no, it's people. somebody else's car. I I don't have the guy's name on on the top of my head here, but it's it's not Paul's fifty seven. It looks okay. like it, but it's it's not Paul's. It's some other guy's, and Paul's wrenching on it. The only difference I see is there's no Finley Farms or Lucas Oil on it uh, from Kyle Larson's stellar season last year. But uh, um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to see all the developments with Rico this year with the not driving the 24 driving the 57 uh becoming part owner of sides and then providing a car for jack hoddenchild i i don't understand the angle on this at all and, and it could be just as simple as rico wanting to help support uh jack hoddenchild and finishing out his stellar 48 year career um providing him some with some good equipment to see what he can do his last season um I don't understand the sides deal, buddies or buddies, but uh, when it comes to money, I don't know. Uh, is it a T-shirt opportunity? Can Rico sell T-shirts on all the World of Outlaw tour, or what the deal is? I don't, I don't, I don't understand the angle of this. Yeah, I'm not for sure. You mentioned the T-shirts deal, and I, I I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think now that he's part owner, that he can throw Rico merchandise in sides uh, T-shirt trailer and whatnot, and so sell uh t-shirts and apparel there and we all know that there's a ton of people that are rocking rico gear right now so just to get it in everybody's hands i think that's a win-win for rico 
Uh, other than that, I don't really know the whole situation. Maybe we can get him on on the on the podcast and uh, let us in, inform us a little bit. I, I think it. You know, I I'm sure that there's some sort of business angle to it, which is fine. I mean, it benefits us all. Win win. I don't care. You know, if it we've got cars watching, and if it benefits Rico, then all the better. And Rico has done a really good job of selling Rico the brand. And, um, you know, he is, he is all about that, uh, all about that merch and that, which is great. And, yeah. but you know, he's got the, got the talent to back it up too. So, uh, let's enjoy it while we can. If uh, he's finding ways to make money out make it work and to keep it flowing. Hey, we're all the better. Factors, yeah, definitely. Right? I mean, it, it keeps, it keeps a couple cards on the racetrack. So I'm all for it. I mean, Jason Seitz been pounding up and down the road and, and, scrounging together what he can to, you know, run the outlaw tour and any little bit with Jason would help because I mean, Jason's one of the one of the good guys in sprint car racing. I mean, there's never a bad time when you're hanging out with Jason's sides. <laughs> I've seen it in turn turn three and four. It's it's a pretty good time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and what's what's in it, how each one of them benefit. I think Jason still has it. He seems to fall out of the seat towards the end of his features, but uh um, he can, he can, he's just as good as anybody in the heat races, but, uh, it just seems like he falls out of the seat towards the, the end of his heat or features. So we'll see how that all plays out and, uh, um, see how Rico season. I have a friend that just called me last night we were talking about racing and a lot of things. And my friend made the comment that Rico probably needs to focus more on winning races than selling t-shirts, but, <laughs> but you know, Rico, he does a great job of marketing the Rico brand, uh, People buy tons of it, um, but uh, we'll see because uh, with Silver running, uh, crewing on the 57 car, we know what the 57 car can do. We'll see what it can do this year. Yeah, we know what that car can do with uh, Kyle Larson behind the wheel. So, yeah. I mean. You know, I always thought that, too, you know, we had a lot of the driver changes, kind of those uh, drops at the end of, you know, toward about middle, late last year. And I always wondered if people were getting frustrated for the wrong reason. Yeah, this guy wasn't winning. This guy's doing well. It's like, well, you got Kyle Larson out there. You know, it's it's a really an unfair qualifier to uh, you know what what you're doing. And um, so I you hope know, maybe yeah maybe we see something a little, a little more parity this year. I guess I don't know. That brings up a point. I I don't remember where I saw it, but some driver tweeted that you know everybody thinks that. Kyle Larson is a great driver and he is the driver said he is no, there's no question. He's an outstanding driver, but he goes, you guys got to figure out he, he races at 200 miles an hour every day. When he drops down to the sprint cars, it's slow motion to him. And, and people have said that about racing four tens and dropping down to three sixties and three sixties, dropping down to three Oh fives, how it's slow motion. So they have more time to think and stuff. And I can't even imagine that because there is the way they make cat light re reflexes to make decisions is amazing to me. But uh, he, they said that, you know, he, he races 200 miles an hour all the time and he comes down to sprint cars where they're whatever you want to say, 120 miles an hour. It, it's slow motion to him. So it, it's easier for him to make decisions. And that does make sense to me. I don't know if it's true or a reality, but that does make sense. But Kyle sure tore up everything last year. You know, I, I think I think there's some truth to that fact. I mean, if you look at it, like just locally, when Jack Dover went up to Knoxville and ran ran the 410 up there weekly, I mean, he did okay. Then the next year, he dropped back down to a 360 and was kicking everybody's ass. So, I mean, I think there's some legitimate uh, 
legitimacy to that that statement right there. I, I agree. I think it makes sense to me anyway. Well, not to mention, you know, Kyle, not not just, you know, racing, um, you know, at NASCAR 200 miles an hour, but the guy was driving anything. Yeah. So the guy had a feel for cars, not just wing sprint cars, not just a wingless, not a midget, you know, whatever, late model. I mean, we uh, before, you know, since we look, did anybody see what Kyle Larson did in the late model? Yeah, I mean, beat him by 15 seconds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this and is these are the best late model drivers out there. These are the Kyle best. Carlos Kyle Larson just whooped everybody. It was yeah. kind of fun to watch on Twitter about all the smack talking, but uh, there's the late model guys couldn't say anything. They he whipped your he, he started like sixth as well. He didn't start on the pole and uh, he ended up beating everybody at 15 seconds. Yeah, I mean that's just ridiculous, and it this has nothing to do. I mean, the guy hadn't even been in a cup car, back in a cup car yet, so yeah. it's uh, you know respect the talent too, and um, and that's what it takes. And I, I think that's what we all need to measure against. Is can't say it. I'll say it. Kyle know? Kyle Larson is the greatest driver I've ever seen live. I I'd say anything on uh, an oval track for sure. I'm older than you. I've seen a lot of good guys. Dan Opperman, Steve Kinzer. Hey, I saw Steve um, Kinzer. He was, he was winning everything think, back yeah. in the day, but I mean, it wasn't. You know, when I, know. When, I, when I when I got into sprint car racing, Steve was not dominating like Kyle Larson dominated. I right. Mean, back in the day, yeah. I mean, Steve Steve was the man, no doubt about it. And I mean, and Steve could do it in other things. You know, he could run the wingless show. He could. Um, He's got an IROC win. IROC win. I and I know it it just pisses off the old school folks, but I put him in that kind of that um Andretti and Foyt type of level. The guy could just go win in anything he sat in. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love and well, and you all forget Kyle Larson's run road courses too. I mean, he's won with um Ganassi at the twenty four hours, you yeah. know. So I, I think I the guy can can wheel anything. This is NASCAR. I, I can't wait for him to jump in that five car. I think that we're gonna see what Kyle Larson can really do. He may struggle maybe the first quarter of the season while everybody gets used to everything, but uh, I think Kyle Larson's going to do Kyle Larson things in the uh, in the NASCAR tour. I think I think uh, obviously this is not a NASCAR podcast by any means, but <laughs> I, I think this is the best opportunity in NASCAR that that Kyle's had. I mean, he's in absolutely. Hendrick cars are, are some of the best cars out there. I mean, no no offense to Ganassi cars or anything like that, but it's a Hendrick car. Yeah, I, I read about that too. Ganassi. Yeah, that the Ganassi equipment is not junk by any means, but Hendrick Hendrick stuff is on another level. It's just car. too bad he couldn't have got in with uh, Tony Stewart Racing. You just want to see him on dirt more. <laughs> you know, the, the, they've got it figured out. They're the, they're really the team to beat. They they the whole team is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean and. Uh, I mean, I, I do watch some NASCAR stuff here and there, and everybody's making points about how Hendrick's funding the whole Kyle Larson uh, NASCAR ride or whatnot. How long do you think it, it'll be until Kyle gets a legitimate full-time sponsor? He just a- announced two today. Um, one is a, a, mach- uh, it's a laser, um, I think a water jet machine, Cincinnati something. Uh, he, he just announced two tonight on Twitter that he's got two more sponsors. Plus there's some, he's got three sponsors right now. One they announced uh, earlier this week about, uh, I can't even tell you what it is. It's a, it's a deal with new cars and, and uh, 
um, you're talking financing and stuff okay, like that. I, I believe you're talking about the Nations Guard that's on his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a Hendrick company. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure so, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, for, it's a, yeah, yeah, but for car warranty. Cincinnati, whatever Cincinnati water jet machines are, or whatever that's they just announced that this afternoon. So. I but think, enough NASCAR. I think with, okay. Well, last last little bit of NASCAR. I think within a month we're gonna have a a name brand on on Kyle's car. I think he's gonna go yeah. out there and dominate. And I think enough time has passed since that whole situation. And I mean, that whole deal is what it is. And I think you know he'll get asked again. Yeah, yeah. He'll get I mean, probed about it. So moving on from the uh, NASCAR, on. I hope everybody fast forward now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on a little bit, uh, we saw Toyota is we we heard about it last week or last year that they were looking into, you know, making a 410 engine and uh, Geo Selzy debuted that engine and it runs. It runs really good. I mean, he had quick time for a while and with all star competition, uh, didn't win the race, but you know, it, it's fast and it, it's running good. Yeah. On the first night he started eighth and finished seventh on the second night. Uh, not so good. He started on the pole and finished sixth, but yeah, they uh, look, look what shots is doing with the Ford last year. Yeah. He struggled. He, struggled he, he won a couple races with it and boy, he's, he's having a, he's yeah, having a great start right now. Yeah. I hope nobody wrote him off. Yeah. No kidding. I think TRD is going to do the same. They're going to come in and struggle a little bit this year. And they, they took over NASCAR. They're taking over the midgets. Uh, it's a they, matter they, of time. They, before... they did take over the midgets. They dominate yeah. the midgets scene right now. Yeah. And it's a matter of time. They're going to do the same thing with uh, sprint car 410 racing. So, and it fits um, their brand. It fits where they're going. They're going after kind of that heart of America type of brand. And people are and... bashing the Toyota motors that they're foreign made foreign all. They're 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 made in America. They're built by Americans. They have um, foreign money, but it, it's all American made. So get past that, and uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how Geo uh, um, handles handles this uh, TRD number eighteen car. Jason might be able to confirm, but he might even deny this. But I I guarantee you, there's some Speedway motor parts on that Toyota. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, from what I've heard, they've teamed up with, you know, legitimate engine builders like Shaver and, and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, I mean, it's American-made. It's just Yeah, I'll have to find um, – Chris Rebell had a release back in 2019 with it, and they talked about who they were partnering with. And there's a lot of input. If if you don't – if you think Toyota's just walking in there throwing a Tundra motor in there or whatever, you know, it's a push rod motor. They are getting that technology. That's still benefiting Toyota. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the competition is good. Um, Chevys, well, they're fake Chevys now. There's not a Chevy part on a on a Chevy 410, but uh, they've dominated for years and years. So um, now with uh, shots coming in with Tony Stewart, uh, Tony Stewart won a race last week with the the Ford. Donnie Shots won one this week with the Ford. Uh, they they've got it dialed in, I think. And and now so we got Chevys, Ford, and Toyotas uh, just uh, taking over the scene, and we'll see how this all plays out. Yeah, you know, like I said, there, there, there ain't no Chevy. That's you know, Chevys are LSs. I mean, yeah, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're Chevy in original design only. I mean, I don't think there's any Ford in the Ford motors, and I don't know if there's any Toyota in the Toyota motors. But I mean, it's all, it's all, it's a race motor. I mean, you're not gonna find well, these, you're not gonna find these motors in your your F one fifties or Toyota Tundra. 
Well, this dipstick, I can't tell the difference between any of them, but you look at the headers and a, and a Chevy has a single header, then two in the middle, and then a single one. Ford are four evenly spaced, and Toyota is now evenly spaced. So uh, you're, I, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference between a Ford and a Chevy. You know how I, I tell the difference? I look at the valve cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the sticker on the side of the car. That's yeah. right. I mean... I, so, I can't tell the difference between them, and, and same with chassis manufacturers. I mean, oh, absolutely! I yeah. can't tell the difference. My my buddy Craig, you guys know Craig, he can yeah. just look at the car and be like, "Oh, there's no there's no tab in this lower right rear, so it's it's an eagle." I I can't tell the difference. They say there's a difference. You know where the rear shock mounts? Um, I can't remember one of them. That that bar is level to the ground, and the other one is angled. So. Mm-hmm. I want to say like a J and J is level and a, and a Maxim is angled up and I don't even know what an Eagle would be, but uh, yeah, there's subtle differences, but I'm like you, uh, if it's not on the side of the car, I can't tell you which, which chassis manufacturer it is. There are differences in the geometry, you know, kind of some of the, the basics of the geometry and, and I don't know all the, I mean, I could go call people and find out, but um, I don't care. One thing they've never, <laughs> yeah. One thing I've never accused sprint car people of is being innovative. So um, <laughs> not to say there isn't i think most of the innovation is being done in the power plants right now but um but uh, sammy, sammy was an innovator well you know no actually <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned that because that was the exact that was the example i was thinking of was it's a um what makes sprint cars well we love them is their traditionalism but it's also the thing that keeps them where they are because I remember when Sammy, you know, come out with the uh, attempt, you know, to independent front suspension on the cars, trying to put coilovers on them. And I don't think people have enough time to test it and, and don't want to, you know, want to spend a year, throw a year away on, you know, trying stuff out. So they all go back to the same old, you know, four bars and a wing and, and nothing new. So, but, you know, like I said, it's what we love about it is also the same thing. It kind of keeps where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh other news going on. Uh our buddy Paul McMahon. He's not done. He's no, like, no. In fact, he I think he's upgraded this year. I think uh, so too. Against, I think you could argue that. Yeah, nothing against the book number thirteen, but um the, he's driving for the CJB Motorsports team. Uh I, one of my favorite t shirts I've ever owned is is Paul McMahon in the fifty one CJB car and now the silver car. I, uh, this one, there's the, all the black cars. Wow. Black 51. I thought, you didn't, I, didn't, I thought you didn't like black cars there, yeah. Brad. <laughs> they're the prettiest cars out there, but there's just so many of them. But he's driving a yellow and black CJB number 23, and I don't know where the 23 came from because CJB's always been 5 or 51, but now they're they're the number 23, and, and uh, the, the, the official schedule hasn't been announced, but uh, Paul's going to have a, a – Gosh, some of the best equipment out there in the 23 car. So good luck to Paul. I, I hope Paul's to the wall comes to Nebraska during the I-80 race with the Outlaws, and we get to see him race a little bit. I'm sure we'll get to see him race at Knoxville for the Nationals. I'm sure if uh, the IB Bruin factory uh, threw some money out there, some sponsorship money out to uh, Paul, he would come down for that race. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's driving a, C- a CJB car. He has a teammate with Brett Marks who is going to run the full uh, all-star circuit champion schedule. So that's, that's a pretty awesome. I mean, Brent was out there on the Outlaw Tour for a little bit, went back home, and now he's, you know, out touring again. So, you know, this all-star deal has become one of the, one of the premier 
series or traveling series out there. I mean, it's always been the outlaws and all stars have been there, but since Tony's taken this, the all stars over, he has, I want to say he's up, he's upgraded the series, but it's now more level with outlaws. I, I think it's gone back to where it was when what was the name Brent Emmerich when he ran it. Uh, it was a great second level series. They, they had great equipment, um, great equipment, great teams. They had a really good series. They were very competitive and then it, it fell off pretty drastically and, but it's back now and it's very competitive. They have a super strong field of, of cars that are going to follow the whole tour uh, I'm, I'm looking for big things out of the All-Stars this year. It's a, it's not going to be dominated by one team. I mean, uh, Aaron Reitzel's gone now, so uh, I think it's any any man's race for that uh, that championship. Uh, and I think Brett Marks has got to be one of the favorites. Maybe Corey Lassen might be the, be another one. I think we always looked. Yeah, I always looked at the All-Stars as kind of the the Triple A to the Outlaws being Major League. You know, and that's how I always yeah. saw it. But I, I don't know if that does him a service. And and I know, and I that was kind of one of the questions I was going to ask Blake. And I, you know, I know we can probably still get a hold of him. But I always wondered what Tony's plan is for the All All Stars because I don't think he wants it to be the second fiddle to the Outlaws. Um, I, I think you know, and if you look at the Outlaws schedule, they're starting. I don't. They're almost become a little regionalized. You know, if you look at where they're running this year. And so I just wonder if, you know, the All-Stars kind of fill in that gap and um, become, a you know, but they're starting to really grow, starting to stand on their own. And I, it's, it's bigger, I think, than, you know, than the Emmerich days. And, and those, you know, when you would see the All-Stars and the Outlaws get together, it was, you know, it was every bit as much of a, of a battle as, you know, Posse versus the Outlaws and, uh, it's, it's a great series and they got good coverage for it now. So I mean, Tony's putting that Tony Stewart machine, the whole media machine, the whole race machine. Uh, he wants to win. The all-stars aren't just a, you know, a business deal. He wants it to succeed and, and grow to be the, you know, the video game tie ends everything. I mean, he wants this to be the brand in dirt track racing. Yeah, when when I started getting into uh, sprint car racing, it was it was when Chad Kamenaugh was dominating the All Stars, and then it just kind of seemed to kind of fall off. It got real dark with that series. Uh, I mean, they didn't have a whole lot of travelers. They come to Nebraska and you had you know six guys show up and whatnot. But I mean, Tony's taking it over. I mean, it's a seventy race schedule right now, and uh, I mean they got you know a dozen guys following the whole series and every time you, you see an, uh, an all-star race you, you got great fields i mean it, it's it's night and day to what it was when i when i started watching sprint car racing pick a hat on who's gonna win pick out of the hat who's gonna win it you don't know well kyle reinhardt uh is somebody that a lot of people don't know uh, out of pennsylvania but he had a great weekend last weekend he finished second in one of the races uh uh sunshine tyler courtney He's going to be a favorite if he can finish the races. Uh, he's going to he's going to be right there in the money with Eliasson and Marks. You got Schuenberg that's uh, getting better and better every every year. Uh, Ian Madsen's got plenty of talent and plenty of uh, experience, so he's going to. Be, it's I think it's wide open, but I do I want to pick Marks as the man for next year. But it's it's wide open in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Brad needs a refill. 
I need a refill, and I'm pretty sure Jason needs a refill. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and kind of wrap things up with some more news, some notes, and stuff that we've missed since we've been gone. So everybody hang tight. guys welcome back to the show uh, i believe everybody has a fresh brew in their hands i know i do drinking some bud light i miss the days of when we were all hanging out at brad's garage and uh could drink some of that quick time pale or cream ales it's still on tap it's uh, right down there waiting for y'all i i got my second vaccine shot in a couple weeks and 
After that, uh, we might have to readdress this issue. You lucky bastard, you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> going off on a tangent here, I saw a bunch of, uh, you know, news articles where people were just lucky enough to, you know, get a vaccine because they were at a Walgreens or a CV or a CVS or whatever when they had an extra dose just kind of lying around they need to get rid of before, you know, they expired or anything like that. So I was thinking about setting up a tent or a cot over at the local Walgreens and see if I could be that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's I I don't understand why it's so slow getting spread out there to everybody. Because uh, but... Pete Ricketts is a giant enormous thumb. <laughs> yeah, my seventy nine year old dad finally gets his shot on Thursday, so uh, he lives uh, in central Nebraska. But uh, it's about damn time he gets that shot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Brittany's mom's waiting to get hers. It's, it's the, just the rollout here in Nebraska is fucking stupid. Light. Operation Lightspeed wasn't quite so light speed. No, and it's because we have the dime store Lex Luthor as a, a governor. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. He's a fucking jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we probably have some people turn off the show, but yeah, I, I don't care. I don't like the guy. He's a prick, and in, his family owns the Cubs, so fuck the Cubs. Yeah. Wait a minute there. <laughs> I, I get I it. I, no, but the sister, the sister's the one that runs in. She ain't uh, nothing like him. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Although they're, they're unloading people like getting cheap all of a sudden. So they yeah. Really it's it's not going to be a good. No, good this is a rebuilding year. I went there about two years ago and gosh, had a great time. Fun time. Stayed right down there by Wrigley, Wrigleyville. It was an awesome weekend, but uh, yeah, uh, that's enough about baseball. Yeah, definitely. So uh, as we mentioned, the All-Stars are in action. They've already had two races uh, at Screvin Motor Speedway in Georgia, which surprised me that they were starting their season off in Georgia. Normally it's Florida, but uh, Donnie Schatz won the opening night, and Aaron Reitzel, dominating the All-Stars once again, picked up the ten grand to win on the final night of that race. Uh, the only real surprise that I saw you know, looking at the results was Tyler Courtney finished in third on uh, the opening night. Uh, sounds like he's going to adapt to the wing on top of that ride pretty darn quick. I think he'll get some wins. I mean, he, he just got to get used to it. And I know when we had him on, he just talked about um, just kind of how it was more that you had to be a lot more precise, kind of hit your marks, uh, not realize you weren't going to be up front every night. And, um, but I think that that part's going to end pretty soon for him. I think he's going to be in the hunt on a very regular basis. He had a stellar performance. Him and uh, Shots, they were they were racing side by side and bumper to tail uh, for a lot of that feature. And then at at a certain point, uh, Shots just took off like a rocket in that Ford song, and uh, he dominated that feature. But uh, it wasn't as close. It was closer than what it appeared. But yeah, uh, Tyler I impressed me. He was right there. Uh, he 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 did really well. So uh, again, another example: of the the All Stars are are going to have a great great summer or a great year because of the lineup that they have. But uh, um, yeah, shots took over and and Reitzel finished uh, the second night out. So uh, he he got the money. Yeah, I think another surprise coming out uh, since we were, since we were last on was uh, I don't think it was a surprise to me and Jason because we've seen a we've seen this kid wheel a midget pretty damn well. His buddy Kofoid picked up two nights of the Wild Wing shootout out there in Arizona. That was the uh, it was last week uh, when we were gone, but uh, yeah, Kofoid won two nights and uh, Smoke Tony Stewart picked up the final night. But uh, Kofoid, man, he I, I think he's shown the world that he's 
he's going to be a star. He's legit. Yeah. We, you know, I saw him, I thought, was it Indiana midget week or one of those um, where he was the one that was really putting the heat on Kyle Larson. And I think he just, he just, you could just tell he needed the laps. Yeah. He just, it's sometimes he just kind of fired in there too hard or he just, it just didn't stick, you know? And I think um, he, he just needs the laps, but I, I see every bit of, uh, of skill out of him. Uh, he can wheel anything. Uh, seems like a super nice kid and, um, you know, well-spoken. Uh, seems to be pretty even-tempered. I, I think I think there's a really bright future. I mean, it's probably going to be on pavement, but um, I think there's a really bright future for him, so let's enjoy him while he's here on dirt. Yeah, I, I hope we can keep him. I remember watching him several years ago. Um, for He was driving for his grandpa. Some, I forget his first name. It's Simpson number four car. Uh, it was a red four car, and – uh, he got out of the car once after a, a, a podium finish and shit, the right rear tire weighs more than him. He's not a very big kid, no. but uh, he, no, he was like, he was like 14 or 15 out this night and he had a great night. And, and I was like, wow, this, this kid might have it. And then uh, grandpa um, sold the equipment or, or quit, quit racing after he, he bought into the King of the West series and then, uh, um, so, but you kind of kept an eye on this kid and, and look what he's doing right now. It's a, it's, it's very impressive. He's, he's racing sprint cars and midgets. And he, am I wrong in saying that he had a, a, a pavement ride last year that he did a little bit like an ARCA race that he ra- ran in? I think, uh, or, or where am I thinking Geo? I think um, you're Geo thinking Geo. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I know it was him because I, I saw him, buddy, in the, Chicago airport and he was heading to Charlotte, North Carolina. So he had some pavement racing going on last year, but anyway, uh, the, the kids got it he's got too. and he's got uh, Toyota supporting him. So that's, that's impressive. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of USAC a little bit, they're going to kick off their season this coming weekend at Bubba raceway park with the USAC midgets. And uh, we got another NASCAR guy jumping in. Chase Elliott is going to make his USAC debut. He ran a midget race last year and then uh, ran the Chili Bowl. So, I mean, sharp-looking car. Oh, I'm curious to see what he's going to do with the USAC boys. We can't uh, can't deny, you know, the name the name value for that, for sure. And uh, I, you know, he's, he's shown some light at the Chili Bowl. I think the Chili Bowl is, you can't judge everything on you the can't. Chili Bowl. No, Chili Bowl is, is luck. Chili Bowl it's, is it's the 90% Chili Bowl. luck right there. It really is. And so I'm I'm curious to see what he does there. Um, hey, I'm all for it. I, I I like the crossover. You know, know we were talking before about not necessarily being all NASCAR and all that, but I do like the crossover that NASCAR is trying to do, trying to get back to its roots. And I like the drivers are, and I think maybe Kyle Larson maybe showed him is that you know getting those guys in things other than running the same, you know, mile and a half track or whatever is is good for the driving skill too. Yeah, I, I like that he's stepping out of his comfort zone. Uh, he, he he was never a, a midget driver, and and uh, he was doing late models, uh, pavement and, and asphalt, and uh, asphalt and dirt. And now he's he's diving into this uh, midget stuff, and I, I'm really uh, excited to watch where this goes. And I know he's not ever going to be full time, but he had a he for for his first time in a midget at the Chili Bowl. He had a respectable Chili Bowl. And so I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do with the, this, this midget race in Florida this week. Let's be honest. He does better than what we could do. 
So, <laughs> so, so what do you think uh, Hendrick's thinking right now? He brings in a dirt guy to join his team, Kyle Larson. Now all his uh, drivers want to go dirt racing. It's fun. I, I mean, you, you hear about him just like, this is fun. Uh, this is, you know, and I mean, it goes back to way back to when I read an old interview with Mario Andretti. He talked about, you know, the year he, the year he won the Formula One World Championship, the year before that is when he won the USAC, uh, you know, Sprint Car Championship That's or crazy. Dirt Championship, which is just nuts. And he was still racing USAC races during his Formula One season. But he talked about, you know, him and Nate talked about how it made him so much better in traffic and so much better wheel to wheel. And I think Jeff Gordon said the same thing. It, it taught him how to drive, you know, wheel to wheel with guys and how to race guys and, and, you know, become accustomed to a car that, you know, doesn't handle well or gets upset by the, uh, by the air or whatever. And they just, they just learn so much from it. And I think it just teaches a guy how to race. And that's what I like about it. It's, I think that's why they're there. Could you imagine a guy like Lewis Hamilton coming over and racing USAC right now? There, I, I don't think you would. Get, there's no way in hell that Formula One teams would let their guys do that now. No, I don't no. think so. They have way too much on the line. But it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, didn't Hendrix tell? Was it Kyle that if you get if you if you get hurt and you miss a race with NASCAR, you're fired immediately? Or am I making that up? You might be making that up. I don't. I don't. No, I, 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 I don't know the whole deal of. It was nasty. I want to say it was Hendrix and had a. Oh well, let's get past that. <laughs> I, I, I want. I, I think I read that somewhere, but I'm not exactly sure. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I know that he's limited on the amount of dirt races he can race, which I which is to be expected. Don't get that. Um, I think NASCAR has to come first, obviously, because that's where the right. money's at. So, well, and not only that, he's trying to get back into NASCAR, yeah. so mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna definitely be his priority. So, yeah, I don't know. Moving on a little bit. Uh, what about? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go. Well, I was just gonna talk about the Pittman, Darren Pittman. Yes, Darren Pittman. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, Darren Pittman announced that he's gonna semi-retire from sprint car racing at the end of the last year. He was losing the Roth ride and, and didn't have a lot going on. So he was going to pursue business opportunities and spend more time with his family and so forth. Well, it, uh, he apparently had a lead on something and it fell through last minute. And now he's out searching for, for a ride. And my sources tell me that he was going to, he was trying to buy, uh, buy a racetrack, Eagle Raceway, a racetrack in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh man. Not, 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 Eagle, not Eagle in Pennsylvania. And uh, he was going to run that, but uh, it fell through recently. So now he's scrambling to try to figure out how he's going to support the family and so forth. So he's looking for for rides in in a ride, in a sprint car. And unfortunately, his fallback plan was a seventy two car at Hefner Racing, but uh, they they couldn't wait any longer. So they hired Tim Schaefer, and Tim goes out and wins a heat race tonight uh, down there in uh, in Florida. So. Uh, uh, 72 is in the A feature, and uh, Darren's at home. So we'll. Good. I, I, I'm a big Darren Pittman fan. I, I hope things work out for him. Um, it's just unfortunate that he lost that 83 ride, but we'll hopefully that things turn around for him and he can get some things figured out and he can be back on the racetrack. Yeah, definitely. I, I, like you said, I'm, I'm also a big Darren Darren Pittman fan. So hopefully he can come out 
find a find a decent ride. I mean, they're they're far and few between right now. This coming this late in the year, but uh, I'm sure, sure I'm sure somebody will find a seat for them. Whether it be you know just kind of a hit miss schedule here in Pennsylvania or with the All Stars, kind of like what Paulie's doing, or yeah. or not. But I'm sure I'm sure you know a, a talent like that. Obviously, he's not done winning. I mean, he still has the ability to do so. So, I can imagine that with both the Outlaws and the All Stars having such competitive fields, that somebody, if they're not getting off to a good start or have a pretty bad streak, and somebody's going to pull the trigger quick and and try to get him knowing that he's out there. So well, shit, if I won that billion dollars last week, I, he'd be in my race car. But you didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't in Michigan. No, neither was I. No. Uh, kind of a topic we were talking about a little bit, uh, moving on from the news. Uh, dirty slide jobs. We we were kind of ranting and raving about this in our little pre-show meeting about, you know, how t- I, what was it shots that came out and was talking about yeah. these kids out there just, you know, kind of running it, balls to the wall, which is what you have to do with a sprint car. But he, I think he was more along the lines about the respect that it takes to pull off sliders and some of these younger kids out there aren't showing that respect to the, the, uh, the crafty veterans. Yeah. Uh, shots didn't really m- mix any words there. He, he said that uh, it was really aggressive sliders and he doesn't race like that. He races clean. And if he can't win a race clean, he's not going to win a race. And it seems to me that it's evolved in the midget racing and it's just worked its way into sprint cars now. And, and, for those of you that aren't aware what a dirty slider is, my interpretation is I slide you in one and I cut up in front of you and you either hit the brakes or you're, or we're going to crash. And so the, the kids hit the brakes, point the nose down and go right past you. And you do that lap after lap until one of you makes a, a mistake and wins the position. And uh, it, it's, it's made its way into sprint car racing and Donnie shots was uh I don't want to say he was unhappy about it, but he, he made a point to say that uh, these dirty sliders are, it's not what he does. And he, he races clean or else he doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't do the dirty sliders. So um, it's made it, it's evolved. And you guys talked about it in the late model ranks as well. So uh, I don't know how this is going to work out, but uh, these young kids that are doing these very, very aggressive sliders um, at some point, the maker's going to make his match, so we'll we'll see how that works out. When I listened to uh, I listened to the interview with Donnie Schatz on Open Red a few years ago, and he talked about you know if you look at why one of the reasons why Donnie Schatz wins championships it's because he finishes races absolutely, and it's and he talked about that you know I I really tried to keep it clean I I really made an effort to keep it clean if you're clean with me I'm not going to do you dirty you know and and I I've never seen. Uh, Donnie shots. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that can claim somewhere at some time that he did him dirty, but I've never seen there are drivers who I've known to be dirty or I, I won't call them dirty as much as maybe uh, careless, they're reckless. They, they just don't care. And, but I've never seen Donnie shots race guy like that. Cause his point being was, look, I, if I'm going to do that to you, chances are pretty high that I'm going to get tore up too. And so I, and you know, I was telling beforehand, you know, and I won't, I won't put words in the guy's mouth, but a noted USAC driver had, you know, went on about at length when, when uh, he was in town here. And it's, I think sometimes when it's somebody else's money, 
Um, I think sometimes when these big moves make it on to, you know, social media, the big screen, uh, everybody's kind of looking at that. You know, that's that's the wow factor. That's what these are all about. So, you know, make make the, uh, you know, the tweets and the likes and all that. And that's that's how you uh, judge your your performances as opposed, you know, is it as dramatic to go out and run a clean race and pass everybody clean and win? Uh, you know, be known for that guy that's dive bombing and, you know, oh, my God, look at this. Hey, share this, share this, retweet that. So I, I wonder if that's it. But, you know, that could be me telling people to get off my lawn, too. So, Well, I, I tell you, as a fan, it's exciting as hell. Um, you watch a USAC midget race and what those guys are doing out there is, is amazing. Oh, it is very impressive. But I could see how it would be very scary and dangerous as a driver. And uh, um, I, I, like I said, as a fan, I love it. But as a driver or team owner, I don't know that I would be, be as excited about it. And you got to be in it for the long haul. I think that's you know another one shots as points is you know we've got we got ninety races or however many races you're going to run. No need to go diving in like that. Hey Brad, we got a we got a caller online right now. He heard we were talking about uh dirty slide jobs and wanted to throw his two cents in there. We actually have <laughs> we actually have a driver on the phone right now. Stu uh, Stu Snyder's going to join us right now. And Stu, <laughs> Stu Stu man, ha- first of all, how's it going? No, it's going good. You didn't say they were dirty slide jobs. Well, we were you just, just said slide jobs. You needed you needed input <laughs> advice. Yes, I don't know what yes, slide jobs. We were we were talking about the fact that Donny Shots came out uh, earlier. I want to say it was this week talking about these young kids kind of running a dirty slide jobs. And I've never thrown a slide job before in my life. I don't even know how to do it. And uh, Brad kind of justified what he, what he thought was a dirty slide job is where, you know, you slide into a guy and either the guy you're sliding has to hit the brakes or you're going to crash as a dry, as a driver. What do you think is, first of all, how do you throw a slide job? Well, I mean, you, you pretty much can, can see, coming off the corner if you've got you know enough momentum getting into the next corner you know down the straightaway or whatever so say we're coming off turn four we're running the guy down but yet he's in our line you know i mean you know halfway down the straightaway if you've got enough momentum to where you're going to be able to clear him at the apex when you slide him and you can either do it you know a nice slow slide job so he knows where you're going or you can just throw the thing in there you know, but uh, you know if you've got to have if you're going to have him cleared at the apex or not. So, has, so in your opinion, uh, I'm sorry. In, in your opinion, has that changed in the last couple of years? Because it seems like it's migrated up from the midget midget ranks to to now the wing sprint cars, where slide jobs are getting to be very aggressive. And like I said. Fans love it, but I'm not so sure drivers and team owners uh, do like it that much. No, it, it really, you know, to be honest, it pisses me off. Um, you know, if, if if I'm that slow, you know, to where you're having to throw a bomb at me to get me, well, then I must not be that slow. Um, you know, I've, I've been slid at the header, you know, and, and what I mean by that is they're trying to slide job and their right rear is literally at my header or it's hit my left rear and I'm with you. It's gotten, it's gotten a lot worse in the last few years. Just, I mean, even watching it on TV, you can see that it's progressed into uh, well, you're going to lift 
or we're both going to crash or you're for sure going to crash because we all know the right rear never loses the battle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter how easily you touch it with your left front, you it's, you're not going to beat it. <laughs> the right yeah. rear will win every battle. Um, you know, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they've gotten a lot worse over the last few years. And I don't know whether it's cause we're getting into where a lot of the younger guys are starting to come up more into the sport, which is what we all wanted. It's, it's what the sport needs. But at the same time, you know, and as Tim McCready said earlier this week in a late model interview that maybe, maybe we need to go back to where you get punched in the mouth for doing something stupid. Yep. Cause, uh, you know, cause like I said, you, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, as a driver, when you go for that slide job, or you go for any type of kind of questionable pass, you almost should know whether or not you're going to have the guy cleared, whether it's, you know, by a couple cars or whether it's by a few inches, if he doesn't get out of the gas or onto the brake, um, you know, and then again, it also takes a driver that's getting slid to say, Oh, okay, well, they're going to throw a bomb at me. I'll keep my foot in it. I'll roll the brake and I'll turn and I'll drive underneath of them. Yeah, it's probably going to keep your momentum off the corner, and then you're going to have a slide war for a couple, three or four laps. But, you know, Tim McCready said it best. Maybe we need to go back to those days when you just get punched in the mouth for doing something stupid. So, so as, so, because it ain't getting any better. It ain't getting any better. Right. So, as a driver throwing the slide job, what would you classify as a dirty slide job? Then, as the driver getting slid, what do you think is, what would you say is dirty? I, I say if, if if you know for a fact you don't have the guy cleared and you're just going to let the thing drift up there and force him, that's not racing. You know, that's just that's just uh, screwing some dude out of that position. So if it's for if it's for if it's for fifteen thousand dollars or if it's for the Eagles Super Nationals or Knoxville Nationals or whatever, yeah, okay, I can kind of see it. Those are those are some pretty top flight races you know 360 nationals or or something like that but i guess that's the only thing that in my opinion would change how you go about pulling the slide job you know but then again if the guy that you decide to pull that on has enough time to where he can turn it and drive back underneath of you okay but you know like i said you know when you enter that corner whether you're going to have him cleared by a few inches or a few feet or whether you're throwing a bomb right rear at his head, you know, and, and then that, that's when it's an issue. But I have seen a lot more of that throwing bombs at, at the header than I have nice, clean slide jobs. And, and it's, they are fun to watch if, and, and they're fun to do. It's also a lot of fun to do too. If you start getting into a three or four lap slide job battle, it's fun. No, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I will say it, it's, it's fun, a blast it's super to watch. Fun to watch. But it's not <laughs> as a driver and and as a car owner, it is not fun when you just get haymakers thrown at you. Um, you know, right rear leading, right at the header or at the nerf bar or or what have you. You know, whatever you want to call it. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's any way to t- to race. It basically just shows that you know you don't have any respect for your equipment or the other guy's equipment, and and a lot of them are getting thrown on races that don't even pay that much. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, 
you're the driver that goes into one and you're going to, you're going to perform that slider on the guy and you can sense that you don't have the guy cleared as a driver. What can you do? You, you kind of mentioned it a little bit ago, you slide right up to the wall and, and that other guy has to make a decision. If, if you can sense that you don't have him cleared as a driver, what can you do to keep your, your car from sliding all the way up to the, the cushion and pinching that guy off so he doesn't really have to make that yeah, decision? Yeah, when's the, when's the oh shit moment when you know you're not going to yeah. get that slider? The, the oh shit moment's about when you're, when you're not to his lane, but you're almost there. You can, you can kind of roll out of the throttle a little bit, start rolling into the brake a lot harder, and, and actually straighten the car up. So instead of driving the front end and the car up the racetrack, you know, when you're turning right, straighten that thing out a little bit, start rolling the brake, lift a little bit and give the guy the get, just give the guy the lane on the outside of you. You know, I, I won more. And then, you know, I, I won a lot of more races this year trying to think more about it instead of just getting in the car and just going as fast as I can go, you know, actually, thinking through my decisions that were on the racetrack. I know that sounds pretty bad because that's basically saying I never thought about it, but <laughs> not really what I mean. We but, know you see you know, you, you know, the other thing too is if you give the guy the lane, you can, you can normally carry more momentum going down into the corner, into the next corner, instead of, you know, sliding the thing all up against the wall. And then either you bounce off of him or you bounce off the fence, he drives back by you. You can still kind of keep yourself alive to the next to the next corner, the next lap to try it again, you know. And, and then another thing that I learned um, this that I actually tried a lot this summer, this past summer was re-slide yourself. So I slid a guy in one and two. I took the lead, or you know, I I, I took the position from him coming off a of turn two. Well, I kind of killed some of my momentum doing it. He might have a run on me. So going into three, I'm going to throw another slider on an imaginary car, basically, to where you kind of kill his his opportunity to pull the slide job on you. And then normally coming off a of four, you can get, you know, you, then you've got your momentum back. And he probably, you know, had one of those oh shit moments going into turn three thinking he was going to slide you, but you already took the line ahead of him. So he couldn't return, you know, the slide job favor on you, but. It's kind of a fine line, um, but like I said, in my opinion, you know as a driver if you're going to have him cleared or not, and it's really up to your foot and your you know your hands on whether you want to keep pursuing it or give him you know or give him the lane and then try it again when you have more momentum you know and whatnot. And I've slid a couple guys and gotten into them a little bit, but I've I've thankfully never completely destroyed a guy or tore a guy's stuff up doing it. You know, I, I can honestly say I've done it. Um, I haven't done it for a long time because I remember getting out of the car and getting yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's not do that again. Now, um, now as a driver, when you're getting slid, when, when you look over and you see that car coming up there, when's that oh shit moment that you know that you think he's not going to clear you? And I mean – I got. I can only imagine you have a millisecond to, you know, either stab the brake or, or do whatever you have to do to get out the hell out of the way. Yeah, yeah. You either have the option of, well, I'm just going to keep my foot in and hope he stops. You know, sliding up, sliding up the track. But uh, most of the time, you've got 
you know, one to, you know, one second or two seconds or I don't even, you know, you don't even, I don't even really think about it, but if you see that right rear and that thing's about to the, the angle of your, you know, your wing slider valve or your, the tip, you know, the front or the back leading edge of the, of the nose wing and he's still coming and you can still see that tire standing up in the air and, and dirt or dust flying off of it. Just stick to brake. It's, it's not going to cost you a bunch of money and you might be able to, to return the favor the next lap or the left after, you know, the lap after that, after you try and turn it underneath them. But normally you can see if that tire still blowed up on their car and it's blowing stuff, you know, off the top of it from them still being in the gas and they're still sliding. You just, just stick the brake. You don't have to get out of the throttle because then normally if you get out of the throttle and you're, you're already on the top, you're probably already against the cushion. You jump out of the throttle. Well, now you're in the fence because you hopped the cushion and you killed all your momentum. You killed all the, all the engine momentum. You killed all the tire spin that you had going. Just stick the brake, keep your foot in it, turn it underneath of him and see what happens. Now, before before we let you go, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make some friends here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Out of, out of the guys you race with, (laughs) out of the guys you race with regularly, who, who's probably the cleanest person to race with? God, now you're doing just really putting me on the spot. Um, that, that well, you, you, I'm going to say that you're, you're pretty clean. And if for no other reason, you own your own equipment and you know how much it costs. So, so you, you got to be a little more, more careful than, than the hired gun. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's like, props to you for you. You won like what nine races last year and, and, uh, um, and, and some of it was in your own equipment. So that that's props to you, but I'm not going to let you out of that question. So you still got to ask, answer somebody else. Yeah. Like, know, like, yeah, I, come on. like if you're, if you're getting, <laughs> if you're getting slid and you, you see that it's that, Oh shit moment. Who do you think out there has knows that that's at the same moment, that's the Oh shit moment where they have to back off. You know, I, I think racing up and down the, the last couple of years or whatever, we've, we've done a lot more 305 stuff and, and a lot of those guys, you know, they're not super trustworthy because some of them are new. Um, you know, they haven't raced a whole bunch and whatnot. They haven't been in the sprint car very long. But I don't think I've ever banged wheels with Trevor Grossenbacher. You know, I think we've – I battled him side by side, and, and we raced super hard down at Cameron last year um, in October at their nationals down there. And I can't really say that we have ever – touched on slide jobs i've given him room he's given me room uh there was a i think a feature that we won earlier this year at eagle he ended up second it was kind of the same thing if i remember right where it was it was kind of a slide fest there for a little bit and and i i you know i respected him and he respected me and and, uh you know we we didn't tear anything up you know because realistically you know between the love family that gave me the opportunity to drive their stuff I treat it like it's my own because I work on it every week during the week. And, and between all of my partners that help us with that and help us on my own stuff, it, it's, it ain't worth it. It's really not, you know, we don't, we don't race for, you know, we, we don't race with Donnie shots or, or Brad sweet or all the Matsons or any of those guys. We're not making that kind of a, a profit. And trust me, I know that because me and the wife had to try and go through all of our business taxes and stuff tonight and, and learn what we won and learn what we spent. And, spent a uh, lot yeah. more than what so, you won. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. I mean, we, we really did have probably one of the better years. Um, 
yeah. probably one of the top years that we've ever had as far as making coin. Um, we we did make some money, but yet, you know, on paper we didn't we didn't make a dime because we were all turning around and spending it to keep going up and down the highway and replacing what we've what we burned off on the track and you know then everything you made's already gone. So yeah, we ain't making any money. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I want to thank you for jumping in. Uh, gave us a little bit of a driver insight on on our our topic. So you'll you'll have to tune in and listen to what we have to say about dirty slide jobs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm gonna have to hear the first part of this, and maybe <laughs> maybe get another driver on there, and hopefully they say that I'm not a dirty slider. No, I, I, I can say no. I, I can honestly say I I do not think I've ever seen Stu Snyder throw a dirty slider. I'm never. I associated. think I think I did I did this year though in a heat race. I did this year, and it's coming back to me now. And it was at Eagle. It was the start of the heat race. And, of course, you know me, high point guy. I got to start at the back because my point average is amazing. But yet I'm sitting 20th in points because, you know, we didn't race often enough there. Um, so I'm starting at the back of the heat. Anyways, we get up, we get running up through there going into one. And uh, Tom uh, Hill or Tim Hillfigure, a 20 car. Okay. I caught him with my right rear. I, I thought I had it cleared and I actually didn't, I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. I didn't think he was there anymore. And I watched the tape and he had gotten a little bit of a bite off the top of the apex shot into my right rear up and over and, and didn't, I don't think he flipped, but he pretty much did like a Tony Hawk on the entire guardrail all the way down to very basically where you roll on the track and, and I felt it, and I, I felt horrible. And I hopped out of the car after the heat race. I went over there and I said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm completely sorry. You know, I don't I don't race like that. I I, I never have. I'm never gonna because I you know I own my own too. I know what this stuff costs." And and uh, he wasn't really happy at the moment. And at that moment, Stu Scott punched in the mouth. <laughs> no, I, I, I probably should have. But uh, no, he, he's a good guy. He, he got calmed down and, and I picked his helmet back up off the ground and I put it on his head for him because he got a little heated and it may or may not have either been thrown at me or it rolled <laughs> to me. But I wanted to make sure and I told him, I said, anything we got in the trailer that you need, you come on down and, and it's yours, you know, because I, I did feel bad. I don't throw maneuvers like that. And I, I honestly thought I had him cleared and I didn't. It wasn't, uh, he caught the right rear and like I said, the right rear one and but then after that, a couple of weeks later, he he come down and apologized for for being as mad as he was. And I said, "Hey, man, I I understand." And I said, "Like I like I told you, if you need anything, you know, come on down. We got it. You can have it." Definitely. But that was that was one of my one instances where I actually threw one, and it was a little slick, and I felt it catch somebody. And then we rolled around, and I seen who it was. And I said, "Well, I better go make sure I tell that guy sorry." Well, as much as you guys race, you're bound to make a mistake or two, and it's and it's understandable. So, uh, applaud you for at least uh, offering up to help the guy out after after the unfortunate incident. But uh, well, yeah, I mean, in I my just, opinion, just being a fan, right I have, yeah, I have no stake in in the racing, but it's it's understandable that a mistake or two is going to happen throughout the year. I mean, shoot, you race forty or fifty times a year, you're bound to make a a judgment error or something at, at some point. Yeah, we we can't we can't all be you know perfect or or whatnot forty some nights or fifty some nights out of the year, and uh, we're gonna make the mistake. And 
I guess the only thing that I felt that I could do was if you need anything out of my trailer and, and, you know, come down and, and it's yours. It, it was completely my fault. And I'm sorry. That's about all I could do at the time. You know, it did, uh, it probably didn't help the, the fact that his car was all tore up and everything else. And he was angry. And, but, uh, you know, I just kind of felt that I needed to go down there and, and tell him, Hey man, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. And, is anything you need come on down and but uh no we're all we're all we're all good now it only took about a week or so and then everything was fine but you know that's just one of them deals yeah i made a mistake but it's kind of a a, a respect type deal to admit it and go down there and say you're sorry that you tore him up instead of just saying oh well he was just in the way you know that's that's not how i race no that's basically not how i was raised make a mistake you you figure it out you fess up to it and you, and you try and make it better or don't do it again so <laughs> i like the i hear, like the I, hear I hear cruz calling your name yeah out cruz there. is cruz is chiming in he goes dad you're telling a bunch of fibs again yeah definitely all right so i, I want to thank you for jumping on with us giving us a little driver insight on the whole slide job situation so uh I'm sure we'll be talking to you before the uh, 2021 season kicks off. I know you were out there working on the hot rod this past weekend, so uh, hopefully yeah, all the sure. off season. Get, us, get me on again, and I'll I'll see if I can take up some more of your guys' time, and maybe we'll <laughs> tell some jokes and tell some lies and have some fun. Uh, definitely. So, all right, Stu, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Stu. Thanks, Stu. All right. It was nice to have a driver insight a little bit on the whole situation because, like I said, I've never thrown a slide job before in my entire life. I don't even know how I would even go about doing so. I mean, I might have slid a guy dirty on the interstate once or twice, but that's a whole different story. They're doing these sliders and like uh, Tony Stewart and Sunshine in uh, uh, Screvin Motor. Tony was sliding him, but he could see that he's not clearing him. So he kept it off of that top line and, and Sunshine would just blow right by him on the outside and and at, at some point, Tony finally got the job done. But uh, to be able to sense your surroundings and know that you're not going to get the job done, and then for, for Tyler Courtney to be able to sense that, that shots is not coming all the way to the top groove and blow right by him between the fence and, and, and shots, is, it's how they do that is amazing. And there's a reason I never became a sprint car driver because there's no way in hell I could have – the guts to do something like that yeah it's experience and laps and i think sometimes with these younger guys they they just don't have the laps they haven't had to fix it they haven't had to get you know whether you you could punch a guy in the mouth or not but i'm you know i guess the modern day punch in the mouth is is the the shaming on social media i don't know but um you know the experience and when you see it then that's when it's a thing of beauty when when guys respect each other they know what they're doing and uh, that's what makes the slide jobs great. I always think, you know, not just some guy bonsaiing it in the corner and hoping for the best. Well, that was a good call, uh, Brandon. By uh, yeah, Stu on it. <laughs> it's nice to have. Uh, that was some. That was some good content. I think a guy with you know, better part two decades worth of experience under him. Yeah, you know how it is. That's sad that Stu has two decades of racing underneath. No him shit, he's not that old. He's not that no. old. <laughs> he's not <Holy> crap. <laughs> Wow. All right. Championship experience. Yeah. Well, I th- I believe the A main is ready to kick off, and I think we're out of topics right now. I know we could probably oh, well, go on with the uh, dirty slide job things got, for hours and hours, but. I think we covered it. 
We got Ayrton Jennison. Oh yeah, um, Ayrton Jennison, uh, the name that Jason gave to me on his uh, one of his very first shout outs of the of the year when we first started doing this thing because I never even heard of the kid before. But he has joined forces with Josh Boffman, who is now, I want to say he's basically an owner, full-time owner now. Um, they're going 410 racing. Uh, he's yeah, And Fisher Auto Body, that, uh, both of those guys uh, took care of Aaron Wright's the yeah, last they, couple uh, of years. Basically, on the, on the I'm, gonna, I'm probably assuming that this is going to be the 87 rebranded as a number three, for the most part. It's going to be my I, guess. The press release says it's Ayrton's car, and and they're just sponsoring him. Uh, they're tired of the the rigor Moreau of of following the All Star Tour, tour. Um, so they're just sponsoring a young buck that has a lot of talent, and they're really excited to see where he can go. So uh, the kid, the kid, his grandpa was a, an amazing midget driver, Gene Jennington. Uh, I've watched him race and win several midget races, and so. Ayrton's taken over the driving duties. He's driving a he, – he's been mainly a 360 sprint car driver. Yeah, I believe he was the uh, the ASCS uh, war or wow, whatever they want to call it out there in Missouri. It was yeah. – they were – he was the series champion champion this year, if I if I think right, if I believe right. And at the end of the year, he jumped in a four, his 410, and I think it was at Terre Haute. He was Terre racing Haute. with the mm-hmm. Outlaws, and he was running like second or third, having a stellar yeah. se- uh, stellar race. And then, like within the last five laps, he ended up flipping. But uh, I think this kid is going to be the real deal. He's twenty-one years old. He, he's he's going to be the man. I think uh, he's he's going to come around, and he's got some backing. Oh, we got some action on the uh, all-star race. I think you're ahead of me there, then. <laughs> well, uh, Corey Eliason and oh, Brent yeah. Marks yeah. Yeah. crashed was leading. each other. Eliason was leading. Oh, he was leading. Yes. Well, Shots is going to take care of Peck now in the recent. Yeah, you're you're about a half a lap ahead of me. <laughs> oh, it was uh, the 19 car, not Win- not Wyndham. Yeah, Chris Wyndham. Oh yeah, that's Wyndham right there. Yeah, missing the nose wing. Well, he's he's close to being a non winger. Yeah, I mean nose wing on. <laughs> take that top wing. I'm off, guessing right that there. Dale Lyson had nowhere to go. Yeah, it might have been one of those deals. Uh, who knows? Uh, we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, I think that's going to kind of wrap things up uh, with us tonight. Uh, we've surprisingly with no guest. I mean, I guess we did have Stu on for a little bit. But so with no guest, we actually filled out a full show, which I didn't think we were going to do. Yeah, I think we did pretty good for a bunch of dipsticks sitting behind a mic. Uh, we'll try and get Blake Anderson on next week and kind of review the – the first uh, four races of the Outlaw are then All Star. Gosh, I'm sorry, the All Star Tour. Uh, they got one rain out, uh, but uh, we'll see what uh, Blake has to say about the start of the All Star Tour. Yeah, definitely. So, once again, guys, thanks for joining us tonight, uh, Brad, Jason. Thanks for joining me and making this thing thing possible. Because uh, without you guys, it'd be like a five minute show. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cheers. Yeah, definitely. So we will catch everybody on the flip side. Maybe. Here we go.
That wasn't too bad. 